Hey guys, we're going to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube and anywhere else you can get your podcast. Uh, we're just so thankful you guys are here and that you guys have found us today. All right. So I'm excited about this podcast today, really excited about where we're going, and I think this is going to be one of those ones uh, that's really going to uh, help you as it has helped me as I've kind of looked through some of this stuff today. And again, this is kind of going to be another one where uh, you're just going to be here with me as I'm studying, as I'm looking through some things in the text, and I hope that it can kind of help you and encourage you uh, on your walk uh, with the Lord as we're growing together. All right, so here's our topic, how we want to start this off today. Our topic is... Are there any good ones left? Okay. Are there any good ones left? You think about that question, right? And all of us in some way for something have asked that question before. You know, you look at the environment around you. You know, you look at, you know, how things are for you maybe and what you see and and what you got to go through sometimes. And you look at things and you ask questions, man, are there any, are there any good people left? Are there are there any good things left? You know, maybe you ladies, are there are there any good men left out here? Right? Are there really any other good men out here? Maybe for you fellas, man, is there any good ladies out here? Are are there any good women out here? Are are they here? And and maybe you're just asking for good people around you, just good people to talk to, great mentors, people you can follow, people you can build relationships with as you grow. Are there any good ones left? And sometimes when you look at your surroundings and when you look at, you know, where you are, you look at where you've been, you look at potentially where you think you're going. Sometimes it's easy to think, man, I don't I don't think there's any good ones left. I don't think there's any good ones left. And and as we look at this, what we want to answer as we study this topic together, how do I find the good ones or are there any good ones left? We really have to kind of look through how do I find them, right? How do I find those good people to associate with and talk to that can encourage me and challenge me and build me up? How can I find those people that can I can develop these deep relationships with that can maybe lead to more down the future? Where where can I find these people, right? Where, where can I find them? Well, kind of if you listen to the past couple podcasts, the past couple, we've had some topics to where there were some things to consider. There were some things to pray about, but we we really didn't get a definite, all right, here's your one, two, three, now let's go type answer. Um, but today's going to be just a little bit different. There, there definitely are going to be some things to consider, absolutely, as there always is. But there is going to be a definite answer, I believe. And I think you'll see from the scripture how the scripture is going to prove that uh, to us as we look through some things. And so before we get started, we got to understand before we answer the question, are there any good ones left? We have to see things from a two sided coin. Right. So we got to look at things from one side and we got to look at things from the other side, too. So answering that question, are there any good ones left on the one side of things? Here's one way that it might happen for you. Right. Finding good people, finding good mentors, finding good churches, finding good people, finding good relationships that you can build down the line. It's very possible that on one side of the coin. You will literally find them. Right. You will literally find you remember growing up. I don't know. This kind of happened to me a little bit more growing up. It doesn't really happen 
as much anymore now. But you remember if you would just go to the park or if you're taking a walk or if you're just walking outside, sometimes you just find a $5 bill on the ground. You know, sometimes you just find something really nice. Wow. You know, I, I found it. I wasn't looking for it. You know, I wasn't hoping as I walked out the door today to find something on the ground. You know, you just find something. It, it found you. And so on one side of the coin, are there any good ones left? I've literally seen this. I can't tell you countless times of where people have gone out the door that day and I may have been with them and they literally found it, right? They found them. They found it. They found the place. Like I've seen it to where they, they it just found them. So in one consideration of this question, are there any good ones left? That might be one way of how it might happen for you to where it, it just finds you. And that might be one way. So we got we to keep that in mind. But we really want to focus on the other side of the coin. We, we needed to present both sides. But we want to focus on the other side of the coin. What if that doesn't happen for you? What if you're asking yourself the question, are there any good ones left? And you've seen it happen one way, right? But it's not happening that way as you're journeying with the Lord. So then how do I... How do you and I navigate if it doesn't work this way on this side of the coin? Well, that's what we want to consider in this podcast. So on the flip side of the coin, here's, here's what's very interesting as we try to answer this question. Are there any good ones left? Here's the first one that I'm seeing. The first one is, if we're asking the question, are there any good ones left? Number one, you might be the good for someone else. Okay, I don't want you to miss this. On the flip side of the coin, so many times we spend time focusing on this side. What will you find? Right? Where will you go? What's the right place? What's the right person? What's the right the right uh, the right situation? Right. So it may work out that way for you, but on the other side of the coin, you might be that good that you're looking for for someone else. You might be the good. So how do you know that? Look at First Samuel chapter eighteen. I want to look at an example here. First Samuel chapter 18, and this is such, and I think he's not talked about as often, which, you know, I think he needs to be, but I think Jonathan here in the text in First Samuel chapter 18, Jonathan is the good for someone else. He was that good. So he wasn't necessarily looking for these things, but he decided to be the good thing for someone else. Now, we understand David right? His, his journey. And if you don't understand David, young boy, he was a shepherd. He with Saul, uh, gave the, gave the order to go and you can go and fight Goliath because none of us are. So David as a young boy killed Goliath. And now David is on this journey of, of making Israel stronger underneath the reign of King Saul. And so David and Jonathan, Jonathan is Saul's son. They grew this friendship together. And so as they grew this friendship together, the nation of Israel, as David's going out doing these great things underneath Saul, they start to look at David a little higher than Saul. So now Saul gets jealous. The text says that Saul eyed David from that day forward. When people began to praise David more than Saul, now you got a problem. Now you got David needing somebody good. And he finds that good in Jonathan. Look at this. Look at First Samuel chapter eighteen. Actually, let's go to let's go to nineteen so we can see this. First uh, Samuel nineteen verse one. And Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. 
So there it is. Saul wants to kill David. Then verse 2, but Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, uh, Saul, my father, seeks to kill you. Now, therefore, I pray, take heed to yourself into the morning, abide in a secret place, and hide yourself. Then I will go out, and I will stand by my father in the field where you are, and I will commune with my father of you, and what I see, I will tell you. Are there any good ones left? You know, it's very possible that the thing that you're looking for is the thing that you need to become for someone else. It took me a long time to uh <laughs> it took me a long time to understand that and realize that, but I think as I'm growing older and and walking with the Lord and walking with you guys, I'm starting to understand that a little bit more. The thing that you're trying to find is the thing that maybe God wants you to become. And and here's something just to keep in mind. That question itself, are there any good ones left? I'm not saying that everybody that has asked that question has this mindset, but it's very possible that we have this mindset, so we have to be careful just to give you a preface on what I'm about to say here. But sometimes that question, are there any good ones left? Sometimes that question can come from a place of pride, and sometimes it can come from a place of um, almost ego in the sense of my life's not changing. I know my life needs to get better. I want my life to get better. So are there any good ones out there to come into my life and make my life better? Are there any good situations, any good places out there that I can go to to make my life better, to make things for me better, to make my dreams come true, to make what I want happen, to make what I want to see happen, right? And a lot of times, and I think we ask this question innocently, but I think sometimes there can be undertones of pride in it because we think we want someone else to bring something into our life to make our life better. Now, that's what those people can do in those situations and places. That's what those things can do. But sometimes that can come from a selfish mindset. But if you look at what Jonathan did in 1 Samuel chapter 19, Jonathan became the person for David. He became that person for him. He became the good that he was looking for. And you think about their friendship as they grew. He he told David, look, my father wants to kill you. So I'm going to become the person that you need. Now, Jonathan could have switched the situation and Jonathan could have, well, who's going to help me out? Who's going to help me in my situation? Who's going to help me handle what's happening at home? Jonathan became the good that he was looking for for someone else. And and this type of mindset on the flip side of the coin, it takes so much work to do this. And so are there any good ones left? Jonathan was a good one for David. And if you look at the text, verse 4, Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father and said, let not, the, let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hasn't sinned against you. For his works have been to you, and it's been very good. For he put his life in his hand, and he slew the Philistine, Goliath. And the Lord wrought a great salvation for all of Israel, who you're king over. When you saw it, and did rejoice, wherefore then would you sin against innocent blood, and why will you slay David without a cause? And Saul hearkened to the voice of David, 
of Jonathan, and Saul swore, as the Lord lives, he will not be slain. So Jonathan, think about think about how Jonathan could have made this situation all about him. So Jonathan could have sat in between the middle of David and between the middle of Saul, and Jonathan could have said, man, woe is me. Why do I got to deal with this? Why does this have to be my lot? Why does this have to be the situation I got to be a part of? But instead of doing that, Jonathan told David that I'm with you. And then Jonathan Jonathan went to his father on David's behalf. Sometimes when you say, man, are there any good ones left? Many times that question tends to go outward. Are there any good ones left out there? Are there any good men out there? Are there any good women out there? Are there more good people out there? Rather, instead of Jonathan saying, are there any more like David out there that can help me? Jonathan said, I'm going to become the good for David, and I'm going to become the good for my dad too. You see, what this question is, this question is so focused outward on other things and other people. Are there any good ones out there? Rather than when you really look at yourself, are you the good that someone out there would want? Don't miss that. Are you the good that someone or some situation or something out there would want? Or rather, are you the one that's not willing to change, but then you want everyone out there to change and do everything for you? You see the undertones of this question? Are there any good ones left? Jonathan focused on being the good for him and for his friend and for his father. But Jonathan had to decide, I'm going to become the good that should already be in this situation. Jonathan, in his mind, my father shouldn't hate David and David shouldn't have to be running from my father. So instead of asking for more good out there, I'm going to become the good in this situation. I'm going to make that choice. You know, I heard a preacher the other day uh, talk about how great Jesus was at this, that Jesus, when he saw people suffer, Jesus, when he saw people hurting, Jesus didn't, outside of his father, right? But when I talk about other things, Jesus found ways to alleviate the situations. Jesus found ways to help. Jesus found ways to be the good for those people that didn't have it. And so Jonathan here is giving us a heart of Jesus here in 1 Samuel 18 and 19. And so sometimes for you and I, we can spend, I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how many years and months and weeks we can waste our lives. Literally, we can waste them away just thinking about, man, are there any good ones left? Are there any good people I can be around? Are there any good men I could be around? Are there any good women that I could be around? But I think we ask that question because I think in a sense, sometimes we're scared to become the good that we're looking for. I don't want you to miss that. I think sometimes we're scared to become the good that we're looking for. So then we put so much weight on other people to be the good that we should already be. And so then when those other things and other people come into our lives and then they don't, they don't match the way that we want them to match, then we get mad at them. Rather, maybe I should look at myself. Maybe I should be the good that I'm looking for 
so that when I find good, the good is just not good for me. I'm good for them too. And I think that's where a lot of us fail. We're not working right now to be good for the good that's out there. We're just sitting here waiting for good to show up. And then when it does show up sometimes, then we misuse those good things to good people because we put so much weight on them to be good and then we're not doing anything for them. So the next thing you know, oh, well, I guess it's just not it. And then we're back to square one where we are right now asking this question, man, are there any good ones left? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. So for you on the flip side of this coin, as we're studying and talking today and, and walking through our text in 1 Samuel 18 and 19 with Jonathan, maybe in order to really, really find the good that you're looking for, you have to be the good for them too. Jonathan didn't just sit here and wait, well, what's David going to do? How's David going to help me in this situation? Jonathan said, I'm going to become the good for David and I'm going to become the good for my father too. I mean, Jonathan, and we're going we're gonna to talk about him more in, in another podcast and probably in more sermons here, to be honest with you, because I think Jonathan is so such an unsung hero and such a great example. He's one of my, one of my favorite characters that don't really get talked about as often. But are there any good ones left? So, Just like Jonathan, you may have to become the good that you're looking for. You may have to become that. But then number two, as we kind of transfer into this next thought from 1 Samuel 18, from Jonathan, you may have to be the good for someone else. Are there any good ones left? The second one here that I'm seeing as we're kind of going through this, and again, on social media, on DMs, I know I've had conversations with you guys. Let me know what you guys are seeing, too, as we're, as we're studying through this text together, because I want this to be kind of an ongoing study um, as we're working and trying to get better together. So then number two, are there any good ones left? You might have to become what you never got and what you don't have. Okay? You might have to become what you never got and what you don't have. And so I want you to look at this. Look at, um, man, this is good too, man, from this text. Genesis 37. Genesis 37. And, and you think about Joseph. <clears throat> Obviously, and we looked at this before in a previous podcast, but from this perspective, it's a little bit different. So from Genesis 37, we have the dreams that Joseph has. Now, I believe that as you look through the text, the text implies through many things that Joseph being the young man that he was at 17, I think two things can be true. I think on one side, Joseph was an exceptional young man. But I think on the other side, as true as that is, you can still be exceptional and you can still have things to work on. And I think those two things about Joseph are true. Now, here's why I say this as we kind of introduce this text. Joseph had a dream. And as Joseph had a dream, what's the first thing that he did after he had a dream? Or after he had both dreams, he told somebody. So he went and he told his brothers everything that happened, right? Here's what's interesting about Scripture. And again, this is something that I'm continuing to look at. But at this point, as I've studied, when someone has had a dream, most times they don't go and tell somebody. Most times when you have a dream, or if they heard a dream from somebody, 
they stopped and they thought about it before they told somebody. How do you know that? Remember in Matthew chapter 1? I want you to see this, Matthew 1. And again, go back to these references so you can see this for yourself. And it's ironic, his name is Joseph as well. Remember in Matthew chapter 1, when Mary was full of, was had child of the Holy Ghost? Now remember that Joseph, the angel, talked to him in a dream. But I want you to notice what happens here. Matthew chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Now notice, he's a just man. So he was able to build and grow to that. He was a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Huh. What did Joseph in Genesis 37 have? A couple dreams. What did Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 have? He had a dream. But he thought on these things. And as he thought on these things, he said to Joseph, son of Mary, don't fear to take unto you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save their people from their sins. So you notice that Joseph, after this, Joseph didn't go around telling everybody still before or after the dream. Joseph thought on these things. He got the answer that he needed from the dream, and then he just did what the dream said. He didn't have to go tell everybody else. And isn't it also interesting when you look at Genesis chapter 37? Uh, oh, yeah, I want you to look at the Genesis chapter 37. And I want you to look at verse number. Oh, that's good. So verse nine. And he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers. I have dreamed a dream again. And the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were obedient to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you dream? Shall I and thy mother again bow down to you and to the earth? And then his brothers envied him, but notice what his father did. His father observed the saying. So two things can be true about Joseph. On the one hand, he was exceptional still at 17. But on the other hand, there's still things he has to grow and work in as every 17-year-old boy has to. There has to check pride. You have to check ego. You have to check your zeal. You have to check timing on things, when to say things, when not to say things. And I believe Joseph had good intention. But sometimes I just think the timing was off. So there's some things he's got to grow in. So what did Joseph want when you really look at it? Now, remember, his father loved him more than his brothers. So his brothers had already had a sense of envy against Joseph even before the dreams. But what did Joseph always want? Like every other guy always wants as they grow up, they want to be included. So Joseph, after he had these dreams, who's the first people that he told it to? The brothers that he wanted to be included with. So he already knew that there was some type of distance between me and my brothers. So after I have these dreams, let me tell my brothers this. Let me tell my brothers this. So what did Joseph want? Joseph wanted camaraderie. Joseph wanted friendship with his brothers. Joseph really wanted the love and the unity amongst his family. And for some reason, maybe in his immaturity, 
In his mind, maybe he thought this would unite them. But in their minds, this is not it, Joseph. So now Joseph wanted unity with his brothers. So are there any good ones left? Here's where we're going with the second one. Joseph wanted that, but Joseph didn't get that. So for you, you might have to become what you don't have and what you don't and what you never got. Joseph never got that. So again, as he's looking, notice from Genesis 37 to 50 to chapter 50, the things that Joseph had to go through to become the person that he never got is something that we would never want to go through. And that's why I think that's why we ask that question too. And I think that's a part of it is that I think sometimes we're scared to become that person. And so instead of becoming that person for someone else, we'll just kind of stay and make an excuse of why someone else just needs to show up and change my life and show up and change your life. Instead of you right now, whether they're here or whether they're not, you working with the Lord to become what you need to be for them. So what does that say about us, man or woman? What does that say about us if we're just sitting here and just waiting for somebody to show up and be the best good ever for us? But then we're not working for him. We're not working for her right now. We're just sitting here. And then when they get here, what are you going to do for me? We might not say that, but by our actions and our thought process, that's what we think when people show up. So Joseph, from Genesis chapter 37 to Genesis chapter 50, Joseph had to go through hardship after hardship after hardship after hardship after failure after, not even failure, but just things not going right, quote unquote, to become the person that he needed to be for his brothers. Here's another lesson I want you guys to remember. Now, this this uh, is interesting, and this also um, takes some time to learn as you mature and as you grow with the Lord. Sometimes with the things that are happening around you and where you are, you might not have the opportunity to just find, right? You might not have that opportunity to just find. You might have to become what you want to find. You might have to become what you want to find. And so sometimes you have to go through a, a little hotter fire like Joseph did. But once Joseph became second in command, Genesis 49 and 50 and 47, really, as you walk through that text, Joseph with his brothers, he, he all he wanted was unity. But when Joseph, all those years from 17 to about 33, just grinded with God, it was him and God and lonely nights, and that's it. It was him and God and nobody there for him. That's it. It was him and God and no one else there. That's it. Maybe that's you. And maybe we're scared to go through that 17 to 33 age by yourself because you're kind of scared to do it by yourself. And so you feel like you got to ask the question, are there any ones left? Because you do, you really, really the answer to that question is I really don't want to do this by myself right now. So I got to have somebody else good right now. Guys, just from experience, 
don't be afraid. And I know it's scary at times, but do not be afraid to walk with God by yourself for a time. Don't be afraid of it. And don't look around, don't compare, don't see how things worked out for others. Rejoice with them. Really, really, with all of your heart, rejoice. Really, really do it. But run your race with God. Don't be afraid to do it by yourself for a while. Because Joseph from 17 to 33, there was no one else. It's him and God for for 15, 16 years. And sometimes that's just how it is. And sometimes to become what you never got and what you don't have, you got to spend those years with God that sometimes others just don't have to. Doesn't make them better. Doesn't make you worse. Doesn't make you better. Doesn't make them worse. That's just how God wants you to glorify him. That's just how it is. And so Joseph became what he never got. And all those years, he gained clarity. He gained real compassion for people. He gained real love, real forgiveness, real real agape for people. And now he's able now from that 17-year-old boy who, who always wanted that unity, now he's really, really equipped to get what he wanted. And isn't it interesting how when he spent that time with God just by himself, he grinded grinded during those lonely days where nobody was there grinded during those lonely nights where he wasn't having he didn't have any people to talk to it was just him and God and he just worked and every day was almost like this this uh this hamster wheel to where you're moving and you're doing so much but you it feels like you're not getting anywhere he spent 16 years over a decade doing this but when God put him in in that position Isn't it interesting that when he was put in this position that his brothers found him? Joseph's not out here looking for his brothers. He named his first son Manasseh, the Lord helped me to forget. Joseph's not out here looking for his brothers. His brothers found him. And then Joseph in Genesis chapter 50, you meant it for evil. But God meant this unto good, to save much people alive. And it's interesting that his brothers found him when he became the person that they weren't. Sometimes that's going to happen too, guys. Sometimes you have to become the person that others were not for you. And when they find you again, if that's the Lord's will, if that's just how things are supposed to happen, then now you're even better. And then Joseph is just pouring love on his brothers. This is how things were supposed to be from the beginning, guys. I know all of us got it wrong, but God showed me a better way. And maybe that's actually good. Maybe some time has to elapse for you, for you to become that person for others, that they weren't for you, and that honestly that you weren't for them at the time. I, yeah, I could have been better. I should have been a better person. I should have been a better man at this time. I should have been a better woman at this time. I should have been a better brother and a friend at this time, but I wasn't. And maybe, and you had a role to play it too. 
So both of us are in the same boat. But guess what? Now, now I've become the person that I need to be for you. And now you have real you. And you can see that their brothers changed because when Joseph put that, well, when Joseph put the, the money and the cup in Benjamin's sack, Judah says, I, no, I can't lose another one. So now Joseph sees that his brothers changed too. Sometimes, guys, you have to become what you never got and what you don't have. But again, sometimes we can sit in this prideful seat sometimes and we can be selfish and we can sit here and then for decades we'll just ask, man, are there any good ones left? We're wasting time becoming the good one. (laughs) We're wasting time. Become the good one. Stop sitting here waiting for things to happen, waiting for people to show up, going places, expecting people to come to you and going places, expecting to find people. Just that's just not how I like to do things. Maybe. And I'm not saying that's technically wrong for you to do that, but that's just not the way I like to do things. Just become the good person that you're looking for. And just like Joseph's brothers. And this is kind of how I like to do things. Joseph, and maybe you and I, maybe we don't have to go out here and try to find. Maybe because we spent the time grinding alone, maybe it's our turn to be found. Become the person that you never got and that you don't have. So are there any good ones left? Then here's here's a third one that I'm seeing. From the, from the text here. 1 Samuel 18 and 19 with Jonathan. Genesis 37 through 50 with Joseph. But then number three, this is a good one too. 1 Kings 19. I don't want y'all to miss this one. This was an, an amazing, exam, amazing example as I'm going through this and studying this. 1 Kings 19. Are there any good ones left? It's very, very possible that you're left alone to prove that there are actually good ones left. Maybe you are left alone to actually prove that there are good ones left. Look at this. Remember in 1 Kings 19, just to to give you a quick synopsis, if you don't know, go back and read it because this is a great text. But Elijah is escaping from Jezebel. And Elijah in verses 1 through 5 was just telling God, I can't do this anymore. I'm by myself. There's no one. I'm not better than my forefathers. I can't do this. I just want to die. Literally, he says, I just want to die. And God encourages him by feeding him food, mentally helping him, encouraging him in the cave, talking to him, all these things that he talks to with Elijah. And he tells Elijah, you know, there's 7,000 left that haven't bowed down to Baal. You're not by yourself. There's 7,000 more that you don't know about. Now, here's my question. If there were 7,000 more that didn't bow down to Baal, how come God didn't show Elijah at the time all 7,000? How come come he's like, you know what, Elijah, there's 7,000 that haven't bowed down to Baal. Go a day's journey, and once you go to this specific place, you'll find the the 7,000 there. God didn't do that. But notice what God decided to do. Verse 19, 
And when he departed, so right after in verse 18, after he said, I have 7,000 in Israel, which have it bowed down the knee to Baal and every mouth, which has not kissed him. Then he says, verse 19. So Elijah departed. And then he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the 12th and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle on him. Are there any good ones left? You might be left alone. Just like Joseph was for all those years. You might be left alone to actually prove that there's actually more good ones out here. So why didn't God send Elijah to all 7,000 people? Here's the power of one. We ask questions like, man, are there any more good men out here in the world? Are there any more good people I can be around? Are there any good women in the world anymore? Like, I just don't know, you know, like from what I'm seeing on TV, on the news, on social media, the people in person, I I just don't know, you know, I just don't know. Here's the power of one. God used Elisha to show Elijah that by the, the, by the hardworking ethic of this man, by this man loving Elijah and helping him and being there for him, he proved to Elijah from one man that if there's one person out here like him, there's got to be more. You know that's the power of one person who loves God? You know, when you meet, and you know them when you meet them, okay? Because sometimes we can be like, well, how do you know? You know, how do you know if, if I've come to see that you know them when you see them. When you meet a good man of God, and again, he doesn't have to be a preacher. He doesn't have to be, you know, this high position. I mean, he could just be a good guy. He might be a preacher, whatever it is. If you meet a good man, if you meet a good woman, that one person can prove to you there's more good people out here in the world because I know you. Don't you want to be that person to people? That's what Elisha was for Elijah. Yeah, I haven't met all 6,999 others, but because I met you, I know that they're out there because of you. And is it possible, guys, that God, because everything is to glorify him, right? Is it very possible that he's left you alone at this point in time to help to prove to the people that you know, that you talk to, that you're around, that there's good people out here in the world? <laughs> That's crazy to me. It's just, it's a beautiful thought to think. If you notice what Elisha was doing in verse 19, he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he was with the 12. So what was Elisha doing? Elisha was working. He was being a good person. And when he found Elijah, Elijah put his mantle on him, which kind of anointed kind of authority back then. He put that mantle on him. And then notice verse 20, he left the oxen and he ran after Elijah and he said, let me, I pray, kiss my father and mother and I will follow you. And he said, go back for what have I done? 
or essentially that should be translated, what's there to stop you? Just go back and then I'll be here. Verse 21. And he returned back and he took a yoke of oxen and he slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and he gave unto the people and they ate. And then he arose and he went after Elijah and then he ministered unto him. You know, when, when you think about the Lord may have left you alone to prove that there's other good men. Some people, how do I want to say this? Sometimes when you, as you walk this life, sometimes you're going to go do the finding. And when you search, sometimes you're going to find. And that's great. And we rejoice with you. Honestly, we do. And anything that you find, that's that's good and godly. But sometimes like Elijah, like Elisha, like Jonathan, like Joseph, sometimes, guys, maybe your role isn't to go find. And I've learned this. Maybe it's not your role to go find as you're working. Now, it's contingent on you working. You're not just going to sit here and do nothing. This is contingent on you working and grinding and walking with God for however long he wants you to do that. So you got a job, too, before I say this. So don't don't try to, you know, put yourself in this position where, oh, well, I'm the prize. No, you're not. And no, I'm not. Okay, I'm not. God is God is always number one. But it's very possible that maybe instead of you finding, as you grow, as you become the good that you're looking for, as you become the good for others, maybe it's not your role to go find. Maybe it's your role to be found. That's kind of cool, right? Maybe it's not your role to go find. Maybe it's your role to be found. You know, you think about that Joseph example again. After Joseph spent that time with God changing, becoming a better person than he was before, becoming more humble, becoming more forgiving, becoming more compassionate. Somebody found him. And those somebodies happened to be his brothers. And maybe it's your role to use this time, however long it is, and however long you've been in this, 10 years, 5 years, a month, (laughs) however long. Maybe it's your role to be like Joseph was, and maybe it's your role to be found. But either way, whether you're finding or being found, either way, you got to do it with God. So are there are there any good ones left? Yeah. Yeah, there are good ones left. And I've had the opportunity through this podcast to meet some of those good ones. You know, I might not see you in person. You know, we may not have physically met in person, but we've had conversations phone calls. I have met people, you know, in person as well. Some of you guys, all of you guys have proved to me there's good ones. There's good ones left. Now, I might not have met all 7,000. I may not have met all of them. But because maybe I met one of you, two of you, multiple, hundreds of you, it's proved to me that the other thousand are there. Why? Because y'all. And I hope you can say the same thing the other way too. So are there any good ones left? 
Yeah, there are. But maybe instead of saying, are there any good ones left? Maybe you should say, am I becoming the good for those that are left? Become that person. Be better. Work to be that person. And then maybe instead of you finding, maybe it's just your path and your role to be found. You see what I'm saying? I told y'all this is going to be another one. Uh, uh, this was fun. I'm telling you guys, this was a fun one. I mean, this was one where when I saw it and when I was thinking about it, I'm in the office like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I started sweating. I had to, <laughs> you had to take a walk. Like, this is too much. It's too much. But it's it's fun. I mean, this is just something I love growing in this with you and talking about this stuff with you. And I really hope that this can encourage you to change your mindset and start working with God and to start seeing things from this perspective rather than kind of just kind of sitting here and waiting for things to happen. You know, maybe maybe that's why nothing has happened, you know, and um, we just want to prepare and we want to be the best that we can for God and then for the others that are around us. So um, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Um, Lord willing, we'll be back with another podcast probably on maybe Monday. It might be another Tuesday, uh, depending on it, but you guys will know through social media um, and those avenues of when we're going to have another one. But we will have another one next week. So we will see you guys then. Thanks, guys.